You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Draft season, Matt. Let's let's talk draft today, and we're going to talk a little bit more draft throughout the week. I've got my mock draft coming Wednesday. We're going to start dipping into your positional rankings for the 2021 NFL draft today, which will be fun. Some news around the league, what might be coming as far as dollars with the salary cap, and looks like that TV deal, Roger Goodell doing work behind the scenes, and the NFL trying to recoup some money that was potentially lost uh, with no fans in the seats in 2020, and, and that should be a windfall for the league and, and really help everything get right salary cap-wise for 2022. So I want to get into a new report on that. And the Carolina Panthers, I think, is a team we should talk about a little bit because uh, yeah. their new ownership there, I think, is going to be a fun team to watch and, and potentially an aggressive franchise. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter, Matt. Let's start with the league as a whole, the grand NFL, and a report that came down late last week. This from CNBC's Alex Sherman, who's also a listener. So shout out to Alex if he's out there listening right now. <laughs> Uh, he has a scoop about the NFL that was asking for 100% increase on TV rights from all of its network partners. But apparently Fox, CBS, NBC, they're, they're ready to play ball on that. The NFL is, uh, is something you want on your network. But Disney doesn't like the sound of that. Disney is saying no way to that 100% increase, doubling the TV revenue potentially with the league in 2022. And if you want to talk about something that would absolutely help teams in the salary caps and ownership groups, uh, the TV rights is a number one on that list. Disney obviously means ESPN. I mean, for 10 years, I got a check with Mickey Mouse ears on it. So, I mean, that's it's the correlation <laughs> there, of course. Um, frankly, I don't care what network it's on. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I just want people to pay up. And I think this is tremendous news. I mean, Steve, if you get half of what you're asking or 75% of what you're asking, if you're going to double the TV, you know, payday, all I care about is the salary cap, you know, and I've said it a million times on this, on the, this podcast that that's the thing that's holding everything up. That's what worries me the most about the whole COVID situation. It, not the non-fans in the seats. It's how's it going to affect the salary cap. And we've already heard, you know, each indication is, oh, it's going to be five million more the floor than it was, you know, before. And um, I think when it's all said and done, first of all, we got franchise tags coming right around the corner. They can always po postpone that, you know, opening a franchise tag time because this is the whole key. Once they get this TV deal done, all the owners and GMs and salary cap people might just exhale and be mm -hmm. like. Oh, we got money again. You know, we worried for six months. <laughs> you know, like the train never derailed. That's what I'm expecting. And I know that's, you know, optimistic. Yeah, it was always going to be the thing that really helped the league out because this is the last year of their current TV contracts. So, you know, and the money wouldn't come in immediately, but owners and teams and franchises and, and the league and everybody would know what the score was going forward and what that number could be, which could still help this year if they wanted to borrow from next year a little bit. So uh, and I mean, this is if you're 
a follower of the NFL, and I know Roger Goodell isn't super popular with some fans. If you're wondering why he has his job and why he's paid what <laughs> yes. he's paid, these are the reasons why. It, like officiating and replay and things that fans really care about and get mad about and, you know, how people are fined for what they're fined for and, and certain things like that. I know that gets fans riled up. These are the reasons Roger Goodell has his job. The flake gate. Right, <laughs> like that. yeah. Right, right. There's, that's small potatoes compared to this and when the gambling money comes in. You know, like, these are gajillion dollars. I mean, these are multi-billionaire owners. I mean, th this is huge, huge business. I mean, this is not... $50,000 fines, or if your ticket price is a little too high, or you don't like going to preseason games. I mean, those are all well down the list. This is the kind of stuff that keeps, you know, the owners extremely wealthy, the league extremely profitable, and this is what makes it all go. And I've kind of thought from day one, this is the, the way it would end up going, that it wouldn't, they're too smart to crush the salary cap this year. Maybe it's deflated a little, but I'm very optimistic, and I like hearing this. What would worry me a little is – this is a whole different conversation. We'll have, we'll have a couple free agency episodes coming forward. But if it is a depressed cap, these five, six teams that have money could just sign a ton of dudes to one-year deals – make a run like the Golden State Warriors did, you know, like a, an NBA type run mm -hmm. called, you know, who are your five best friends in free agency? We'll give you guys a group deal. You can all play together. We can make a run for the title. And then next year, when all this money hits, you guys can really cash out. You know, like if I'm a player, I like, I wouldn't mind going to the Colts or some team that has a ton to spend with a couple other high price guys. I'll take 80 cents on the buck have a great year with an awesome team and then become a free agent a year from now and really cash out. What's interesting too is wide receiver, for example, where there's a lot of free agents, there's a lot of draft, you know, guys that can help teams coming into the league that are going to, you know, put on new uniforms this year. Even when the, the teams that have tons of money pick out the handpick, the guys they want, then all of a sudden, it becomes a buyer's market, you know, like there's going to be too many to go around. And even the cash trap teams might get a really quality number three receiver, a little over league minimum one year deal and get a pretty good player. Like it's not a great year to be a free agent is what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. unless this cap gets back to normal, which then it gets a lot better. Definitely not. And we're probably going to see a record amount of restructures and things like that. Maybe some, some players hit the street that normally wouldn't be. And and those are the types of things the league wants to avoid, which is why the cap will probably be closer to, you know, 185 or something like that, you know, maybe even 190, especially I'll take they, it over. if they have if they have one of these TV deals and have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be. And look, they're asking for 100 percent. That doesn't mean they're going to get a 100 percent increase, but that just tells you where their minds at. They're like, let's make some let's make some cash while we still can. The other interesting note about all this, look, we're in a different world. We're in a post-COVID world. A lot of, uh, you know, technology is different. Uh, a lot of people's lives are different. And, and you know, I hope everyone doesn't become homebodies because, uh, you know, someone like me, it, it became sort of a way of life over the last year to not leave the house very often. And it's not great, but that just means more TV time, right? So maybe these TV contracts will have to be worth more than they ever were because people are out less and, and going to games less. And we don't know what the 2021 season is going to look like yet, hoping that, you know, by the end of the summer we'll be vaccinated and, and everything will be all good and, and fans can go to stadiums and all the revenue streams are normal. But this is going to be a huge revenue stream and TV is still the biggest aspect of the NFL. 
And I'm looking at this new age of streaming platforms and everything that's going on. And I'm wondering if this would be the opportunity for someone like, I mean, Disney has deep pockets. It's not like you're going to out deep pocket Disney, but if they don't want to play ball with this, with the NFL, what if someone who has deep pockets like Google, who owns YouTube and they have their YouTube TV platform, could they jump in and steal Monday night football away and have a partnership with the NFL? Sunday ticket going on one of those new school streaming platforms instead of sort of an archaic platform like DirecTV. So you don't have to have a, you know, a satellite on your roof to get that NFL package. So there's just some interesting opportunities here too. If the NFL is, you know, turning a page and there's a, a lot of opportunity, I think for some streaming services to jump in, which would be really interesting for cable cutters like myself, who would love something like YouTube TV to have some uh, NFL rights. Wow. I, I hadn't thought of that, but again, I, I don't like talking business. Most people out there listening are better businessmen than me, but if Disney's going to say, Oh, that, that price of doing business is too steep for you NFL. And all of a sudden there's this window could YouTube, Amazon, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. all say, Ooh, I bet I could take a game or yeah. two off you or all the primetime games right. or whatever. And, and, you know, just do it in a different manner. That makes a ton of sense to me. It all comes down to me of, I don't think this league's going to be hurting. And therefore I don't think the salary cap's going to be hurting. And hopefully we get more people in the stands. But even if not, there's just so many revenue streams. I mean, the golden goose is alive and well. Well said. Let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk NFL draft next. The football season is over, but there are still ways to bet on the NFL when it comes to betonline.ag. NFL draft. You bet on who the first pick in the draft is going to be. That one's not great because it takes $50 to make $1 with Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. But things do get interesting when it comes to the second pick. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Penny Sewell, or the third overall pick, even more interesting. Who will be the second quarterback selected? The third quarterback selected? Who will be the first wide receiver selected? Or how about put some money on J.J. Watt's next team? The Steelers, Bills, and Packers with the Cleveland Browns coming in fourth most likely when it comes to J.J. Watt's odds at BetOnline. Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson's landing spot if traded. The fun is endless. NBA, NHL, table games, poker, blackjack, they have it all at BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to check out some of the latest from the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On presents more than the game for Black History Month and the new Locked On Today podcast. 20 minutes of everything that's going on around the sporting world, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Check those out anywhere you find the rest of your Locked On Podcast Network shows, just like this one and the others that we host, Matt, Locked On Dynasty Football and Locked On 49ers. How about this report, Matt, about the Carolina Panthers? Panthers owner David Tepper, speaking of deep pockets, is quote-unquote obsessed with finding the team's (coughs) long-term quarterback. And they do have some salary cap space. They are releasing defensive tackle K1 short and defensive end Stephen Weatherly, uh, safety Trey Boston, punter uh, Michael Pallardy, which, uh, you know, punters don't make a lot of money, so that's not a huge amount of cap space. 
Mm-hmm. So um, some people have, have tried to make a connection here that they're preparing to make a run at Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson makes less than Teddy Bridgewater on the 2021 cap. So you don't have to clear space for Deshaun Watson. But that doesn't change the the fact that it's pretty clear that the Panthers are very interested in quarterbacks because they've been tied and rumored to be making calls on every available quarterback so far. But they haven't landed one yet. And Teddy Bridgewater is obviously a bridge guy for them. Oh, he is a bridge. Um I think this is one of the most organ- exciting organizations in the league, first of all. You mentioned they they freed a lot of cap space this pack w- past week. K.K. Short's the biggest name, but a handful of other guys, and we'll probably see more of that around the league. Um, I have mentioned pretty much since Tepper took over and hired Rule and then, eventually, and then Brady that this is going to be my pick to win the South in 2022, you know, because – Brady, Ryan, Breeze. I mean, they're not long for this world. I don't think Brady is, but I mean, amazing what he's doing. But they're the team that's set up to get the young quarterback and a bunch of old dudes where, you know, the the Falcons and the Saints have all kinds of cap problems. The Bucks are going to very soon. I don't know if they're built for the long, long term. And this is a, such an aggressive, you know, owner and organization and I think Watson is somebody they're going to pursue very hard. I think they'll even consider a Dak Prescott situation. But those are the only two veterans that would make any sense to me. I mean, Sam Darnold isn't fitting the bill. Like I like Sam, don't get me wrong. But if, if you can get one of those two, Dak or Watson, almost no matter what the cost, or you move the two or three and get you know your rookie of choice not named Lawrence, possibly. Otherwise, don't bother. Right. Yeah, it's it's the the whole thing's tough. And Peter King had an article and he had some guesses and threw out some options for some crazy trades that we could see with teams ending up with Deshaun Watson. If teams, you know, if, if the Texans end up listening, you know, the Panthers, he said, are, are they're going to be in on it and they're going to uh, continue to modern, monitor that situation. And if they don't end up trading for Deshaun Watson, then very likely a team that could trade up in the NFL draft from number eight and look for a quarterback. And and they could have a quarterback fall into their lap at number eight as well, but they are a team owned by someone who now will, will at the very least, it sounds like he's going to be an active owner and he wants to win and he wants to shake things up. And I think it's fun when the league has those types of owners that aren't absentee owners that sort of push the envelope and, and want to, they want to, they want their team, they don't want to just sit back and collect those TV dollars, right? They want to win, too, and they, they want to be yeah. in the press box, watch the games happen, enjoy that, and have a winner, and we'll make things happen. And uh, David Tepper sounds like one of those owners, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what the Carolina Panthers do. Do you have a feeling with the Panthers what their best option is? Do you think just trading you know, a whole bunch of first-round picks for Deshaun Watson is the way to go, or do you think they're up high enough to, to maybe not even have to trade a bunch of resources to get a younger, cheaper franchise quarterback? It's a tough one. I think Watson's got to be the goal. Uh, but what about Dak? I mean, Dak would be phenomenal if if you signed him off the franchise tag or, phew, I don't know. I mean, I think both are achievable and wouldn't destroy the organization to a, the you know a, a massive level. Where you could, you know, I think they realize that I need my star, I need my guy on the billboard, I need my quarterback, and everything eventually will fall into place. I just think that's the way that this organization thinks. 
I don't have a feel for what's the correct answer, but I think that going to two for Wilson or Fields or somebody like that isn't going to satisfy the owner to the same degree of giving me Watson or Dak. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I want my guy now. I see that this division, it can be mine this year, next year, and then from beyond. I, do I want to roll the dice on a second overall type pick and hope he hits? You know what I mean? We just read off the stat that for what? The last for 15 year stretch, nobody's with their team. There's a first round pick with the quarterback position. No, that's a great point. And if you just look at what the cost will be, so Dak, if you sign him, it's $40 million plus two first round picks if you sign him off the franchise tag or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, give or take. You have to throw an extra first round pick in, probably a good player. So three firsts plus a good player on your current roster to go get Deshaun Watson. You're still giving up two first-round picks, potentially, if you're going from eight to two or three to draft a quarterback in the draft, and you're getting a lottery ticket there. So, you know, which yeah. one of those which one of those are you better off with? And to me, I think, and, and I feel like the same, I feel the same about the 49ers, too, because it's so expensive to move up in the draft. Well, throw in the extra first-round pick in 2023. Who cares? Go get Deshaun Watson, and you know what you're going to get. That's the way I look at it. And Deshaun Watson's cheaper than Dak Prescott and better than Dak Prescott. So is that worth an extra first rounder in 2023 if that's what it takes to get it done? I I think so. Yes, yes. The answer is definitely yes. (laughs) As long as he stays healthy, you get your money out of Watson. No doubt. But if it... I agree. Both those teams are similar to me in that way. Like, Dustin Fields doesn't help the Niners enough now. The Niners can win the Super Bowl this year. And if... The, the Texans aren't willing to take phone calls before the draft. You might ha- not have that option. you got to figure out what you want to do in the draft. And in that case, you know, maybe going up and, and getting your next star quarterback is the only way to go. And then you can have you know, your bridge quarterback in Bridgewater and, and that player learning behind him. And that would seem to be a pretty good situation for the Panthers as well going forward. And that might be a, a, something that, say, the GM prefers and the head coach prefers to not lose all those picks. And the owner's like, nah, I want a big name. I want a big, big splash. Oh my God, yeah. So that, that, right, that would right. be fun to hear those conversations. And, and maybe the, the owner trying to uh, dictate what's going on there and the, the GM trying to talk him out of it. No, let's not do that. Let, we need our draft picks because we're still building this thing because we still need a lot of talent. And then would Watson be willing to go? Because if they trade a whole bunch, is that team ready to win? And would Watson see that and say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to waive my no trade for that. Ooh, I think Watson would gladly go to Carolina no matter what, considering where he's at now. Mm-hmm. And where he's from. And where he's from. Yeah. Clemson guy, you know, trust the organization. I mean, the, the forward way that that you know, brass ownership front office thinks versus Houston is night and day. Uh, I would jump on that in a, in a heartbeat if I were him. Really quick uh, note on Carson Wentz before we get to your top NFL draft quarterback rankings, Matt. Uh, also in that Peter King article, he reports that the Eagles organization thought Carson Wentz, quote, couldn't handle hard coaching and was coddled in his final years in Philadelphia. And then I just saw a story today, I think it was from Josina Anderson, who had uh, an anonymous quote from the the Colts team that said that the, they, they felt like Carson Wentz was kind of rude and even asking for his number 11 from uh, now second-year wide receiver Michael Pittman, and Pittman wasn't willing to give it up. I think that's pretty funny that, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if it's true or not, but Wentz rolling into Indy and was like, tr- expected the star quarterback treatment, and his wide receiver was like, no, you, you can't have my you can't have my jer- jersey number, man. That's, <laughs> Better I buy me a Ferrari or something. Yeah, I right. just thought that's that kind of funny. That goes. It's, um, never, yeah, it's never free anyway. They're usually giving up something. They, those numbers aren't given back to the quarterbacks. They're, they're bought by the quarterbacks. Right, right. That's, I mean, maybe that still can be worked out. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm a registered Wentz apologist. I mean, I get that. 
But I always go back to the Eagles when these stories leak. They're so media-driven. I just wonder, does that just make them look better? Like, Carson doesn't like to get coached. We had to kick him out. But his old coach is the one that traded for him. You know, that doesn't add up to me. I mean, I've never heard work ethic. I mean, everything you – there's been a couple little blurbs that, you know, he thinks he's better than this or teammates don't like him. But it all comes from Philly and who I don't know that I trust that they tell the truth to the media, so to speak. When it's so obvious where a story comes from, you can almost not trust it when it comes to the NFL. Who has something to gain by this story? Mm-hmm. Only the Eagles. Right. Yep. Good point. Okay, let's get to your quarterback rankings. One quick note on the New England Patriots quarterback situation as well. Coming up, Peacock and Williamson. I am extremely excited to tell everybody about the newest flavors of Built Bars. and They're fantastic. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love talking about the peanut butter flavor of Built Bar. But they've taken it to the next level with a peanut butter crispy flavor. 160 calories of goodness for the entire bar with 19 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. Built Bars are protein bars that feel like you're eating a candy bar. And Coconut Puff Bar, luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein in the Coconut Puff Bar, only 130 calories and only 6 grams of sugar. Gluten-free, preservative-free. Go to BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next order with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next box of Built Bars. Since we're here, and this fits right in with the subject really quick, this from The Athletic, that the Patriots have had conversations regarding every potential quarterback trade target in the league uh, this article mentions Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, and Jimmy Garoppolo as potential players that Belichick could be pursuing in the coming weeks. That's very interesting. They also have the 15th pick in the NFL draft, which could potentially be a Mac Jones, but probably not any of the top four quarterbacks there. Do you like any of those fits for the Patriots going forward? And it's interesting that there's no leaks coming out of that organization because we haven't really heard much about what's going on with the Patriots and and almost every other team we've heard about calling those uh, teams that were selling quarterbacks when it came to Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz and so on. Uh, We haven't heard that yet about the Patriots, but uh, apparently they're at least talking about it within the organization about all of those quarterbacks and and, uh, might be a team that, that, uh, that makes a move here. What do you think? Um, Actually, while you were saying that, my phone got a little blurb that came across saying Ian Rappaport has reports that the Jets have received, quote, real interest in Sam Darnold. Just want to throw that out there because they kind of go hand in hand. Not surprising. I'm sure people are calling the Jets like crazy. As for the Patriots. Which, which, by the way, related to our last conversation, which came from the Jets, obviously. Right. They're trying to up that. They're trying to up those offers is what's happening. Yeah, I'm sure that came from the Jets or Sam's agent or mom or somebody. Right. Um, As for the Patriots, the two names that come to mind most for me are Jimmy. But as you've gone, I'm sure, in great detail on Locked on Niners, Jimmy only goes if I can get Watson or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Jimmy's good enough. We went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy. I don't know that he's on the market unless I can clearly upgrade for now. At least that would be my Niner take on it. And Mariota, like I, I would, they would be my top targets for what they would cost me. And then I want to sign 
Hunter Henry, Chris Godwin, you know what I mean? I want to go spend money right. yeah. and build an offense. That makes perfect sense. By the way, I was looking at some projections. I think they were from Pro Football Focus, and uh, they pretty much projected every top wide receiver on the market getting the franchise tag. Galladay, uh, hmm. Godwin, Robinson, even Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not sure. I think that one's probably the, the, the most likely to actually hit the free agent market, so he might actually make himself some money if that's the case. If the other guys get the franchise tag, Allen Robinson, yeah, that was the other one. Uh, and apparently the Bears and the and Allen Robinson haven't had any talks. So I don't think a long-term deal is happening there. So it's either franchise tag or he's hitting the open market. Uh, it's going to be harder, as you mentioned earlier in the show, for teams this year to slap the franchise tag on players if they don't have that cap space. And if the cap doesn't, if that cap floor doesn't raise a little bit higher than what they're talking about right now. But that's an interesting one. And, and that happens every offseason. You start looking at, oh, this free agent would look good on on my team. And all of a sudden, oh, no, he got the, he got the franchise <laughs> tag slapped on him. And that happens a lot. So um, maybe there won't be as much wide receiver movement as there as we as it looks like there could be but i just wanted to make that note yeah that's a good point i know juju probably juju won't those other ones make an awful lot of sense even if you're the lions and you slap it on galladay and then trade him for something you know at least you get something better in return than a future third through the conference situation you know godwin why would you allow him to leave Robinson, same situation. Like, I don't think he wants to be in Chicago, but if you could turn that into a pick, great sign and trade situation. That makes sense. Um, we have my rookie ranks. To be honest, my rookie quarterback ranks aren't real, you know, they don't really shake the world up. Right. I mean, they're pretty much the same as everybody else. Well, yeah, you know, Lawrence is at the top, you know. You have top fives here, and everyone kind of yeah. has the same top five. But the the thing I want to ask you about here, and this is the, uh, the thing that, that's – it's the separating factor. Everyone knows Trevor Lawrence is number one. Most people have Mac Jones as five, as you do. The, the question is, is two, three, four. And mm-hmm. so I want to know why you have them ranked Justin Fields two, Zach Wilson three, and Trey Lance four. Well, I'm not getting out of this, but what what this series is, if you go to Steelers.com, their official website, it came out today where we do a triple take. Three of us rank the top five at every position. We did it last year. A lot of people loved it. Um, and then this year, though, we're going to do another one like a month from now. So this is the preliminary, and then we'll do another one down the road. I bet these change 10 times in my head. So I'm not avoiding your conversation because I really, really am impressed with the tools Lance, Wilson, and Fields have. And I went with Fields, too. I think consensus right now is Wilson is, too. I don't feel strong about this. You know, I mean, what, these are not my final ranks. Some things that worry me about Fields are, I think, more than the other two, he's a see-it-and-throw-it passer. And by that, I mean, waits for him to come open, then he lets it go. And because he's so unbelievably talented and was such a big recruit, that's worked really well for him because he's got a big arm. I think he's actually the most accurate of those three, which he doesn't get enough credit for at all levels. And if it's not there, he would run. You know, I mean, he was always the best player on the field. Well, that's going to have to adjust. Wilson, to me, is really good out of structure. Um, a little on the small side. I mean, he's a little lean for me. Um, that worries me a little bit. Just yeah. not that sturdy build that these other two have. On that note, and I think it helps him that there's no combine, and he's not going to walk up next to the yeah. guys wearing underwear this year. He's listed or as even six... throwing next to him, right? I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, and he has got he's got a great arm too. But so do those guys. So they'll just be physically more impressive. And that's one of the big things that scouts, and I think that's why a lot of scouts showed up to uh, Trevor Lawrence's pro day, even though they have no shot at drafting him. 
is just seeing him throw in person live right. and being able to compare that arm to some of the other quarterbacks that they might have a chance to draft to just, you know, log that and see how those things compare. Because I think that's really big for scouts when it comes to quarterback is seeing these guys in person. That's why everybody shows up to all of these uh, pro day workouts for the quarterbacks and everyone loves to see them throw at the combine and are disappointed when they're not throwing against each other at the combine to see them all in the same environment uh, throwing balls in person. And you can't always get that on TV. I, I remember that was one of the first things no, that blew me away. Live. Seeing uh, seeing a live football game and seeing someone sling it in person in a stadium is like, wow, okay, that looks very different than it does on TV. I think you can learn a lot. Um, but to your point about Zach Wilson, yeah, he's probably six one and a half, and, and you know maybe two ten. He's a skinny guy. He's the least physically mm-hmm. impressive of them. And one thing I will say about his accuracy is um, he's very accurate down the field, but he throws a straight ball. It's not like get air under it, drop it in the bucket. He throws a yeah. ball that I think could be defended by really good corners at the next level just to, you know just it's a it's a minor quibble but he 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 makes some crazy throws I love seeing it uh, he's probably better downfield than he is in short and intermediate, but he throws a really flat ball, whereas when you see Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and some of these other quarterbacks throw it, and even Mac Jones, who doesn't have a cannon arm, but he drops it in the bucket. You know, he gets some air under the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that Zach Wilson could probably work on. He throws like a an, an outfielder throwing a runner out at third base when he's, you know, he's just rifling yeah. these balls right on target rather than, than dropping it in the bucket and letting his receiver run underneath him. That looks impressive, but it's harder on your receiver um Kaepernick was really guilty of that everything yes. came out on a line mm-hmm. with him just as another Niner reference I remember way back in the day back when we did the football today podcast I'm sure there's some people that remember that in my ESPN days I for, I wish I remember we had a, a pro bowl type corner on and it was even like 10 years ago he said Brady no one talks about his deep ball but that thing comes down like at a 90 degree angle <laughs> right into his you know it's yeah. like it's unbelievable it comes down right where no one else I can't get my hands on it comes down right in, you know right at the numbers at a 90 degree angle at his receiver it, it, that's a, 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 a an important straight I've seen a lot of people plugged in I think both Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay at some point have had Trey Lance in their mocks going ahead of Justin Fields, which is interesting. And I feel like they're getting that from some people around the league. Is there some misdirection going on there? But I would think Trey Lance has the best shot of being there for teams like the Panthers at eight and and maybe even the 49ers at 12, you know, in that range. And who knows, maybe even the Patriots at 15, just because he's only got one season of starting experience he's going to be the first player in nfl history drafted in the 2000 who was born in the 2000s by the way if everyone wants to feel old and so one season at fcs too wasn't even a d1 school so and i could see it so if trey lance had two years and played at a d1 school and bigger competition i could see him being the slam dunk number two quarterback in this class and some teams still might feel that way about him but to me he's i've got to project him as the fourth just for that one reason so the conversation at two and three really becomes fields versus wilson I agree. And that's why he's fourth for me. I love his mental makeup. I love his toughness. I love the McNair comparisons, but I mean, they didn't even throw the ball that much the year before. I mean, he had no interceptions, but I mean, there's not a lot to go off of. And to be honest with you, I may really eat these words because I'm not, this is not a prediction at all. I feel like I know who Lawrence is. I feel like I know who Jones is. These other three, which is really the ones that are really worth talking about, have immense tools and traits. They all could bust, though. You know what I mean? Like, this could be an all-time great quarterback class that's better than Eli and Ben and Rivers. Or all three of these guys might bust. I, I, I would have a hard time 
going all in on, you know, trading up to three. And maybe I'll trade change my tune because they do have traits much like Josh Allen that'll get them by until they hit their stride. And that might be all we need in the league right now. But the little bit of the purist in me looks at these guys and goes, man, there's there's things that worry me about all of them. And maybe in the end, we don't see a bunch and of trade-ups. Like yeah, exactly. There's yeah. so much to yeah. like about them, but there's enough to where you're like, oof, we, maybe we don't want to mar, uh, mortgage the future to move up for one of these guys. And, and maybe we can sit back and, and hope that one of them falls to us and feel a lot better about just spending one first-round pick on one of these guys instead of multiple first-round picks on one of these guys. Last thing. But we know that's not going to happen. Right. They're exactly. not going <laughs> to They're not going to fall. Exactly. Uh, last thing here to tie this in with the Patriots. Okay, you're, you're Bill Belichick. You are on the clock, pick 15. The first four are off the board, and it's between Mac Jones and, say, um, I don't know, linebacker like Micah Parsons or, you know, whoever the maybe a defensive lineman, maybe a corner, J.C. Horn. There's a lot of the common receiver players that are mocked to the Patriots at 15, but none of them are like the blue chip, blue chip players. You know, no Kyle Pitts there for them. Uh, none of the top four quarterbacks. Do you go Mac Jones? Is that too high for you? It's too high for me. I think Belichick would do it. First of all, the familiarity with Saban. I think he could look at Mac Jones and say, I know he's not Tom, but we won a lot of games with this style quarterback. And frankly, I don't say this enough. I think Josh McDaniels is as good an offensive mind as they're in the league. That you get two cerebral guys running your offense, McDaniels and Jones, and get it out quick and just manipulate defenses with play action and all that stuff and get them Hunter Henry and a receiver. You know what I mean? I think that's what they would do. And I would totally understand it for that team. Mac Jones just isn't for me. Like Steelers at 24. No, thanks. And we kind of had the same conversation about the Panthers. Okay. So Mac Jones at 15 for the Patriots, or do you trade a second for Darnold or a third for Jimmy G? And I don't even know if, uh, if, the Jets mm-hmm. would be willing to send Darnold within the division. You know, sometimes those things, because I would say the same about Tua and the Saban connection. You know, if maybe uh, Belichick could get in on that, I don't know if the, the the Dolphins would want to send Tua within the division either. So would you rather draft Mac Jones or spend a second on, say, uh, Sam Darnold or, say, a third-round pick or something like that on Jimmy G? Mariota. Or, or Mariota, right, yeah. Bring back Brissett, or you know, right. Uh, I mean, I think Jones would probably be the, the logical move, and then you would still have a lot of cap space to put stuff around them Mm -hmm. i like it all right good stuff matt those are matt's quarterback rankings as of february for the 2021 draft trevor lawrence one justin fields two zach wilson three trey lance four mac jones five and you can argue with him on twitter at williamson nfl you can find me at bd peacock get your questions in at those handles for our twitter tuesday mailbag right here peacock and williamson